give me five, give me that which I desire. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. On this episode, I'm joined by Eric Braverman. Eric has done a lot in the heavy metal world. He has worked with a lot of different bands, including Slayer and Flotsam and Jetsam. The latter of which, of course, was the band Jason Newsom was in before joining Metallica. And he has a personal relationship with each member, James, Lars, Kirk, Robert, and yes, Jason. He even met Cliff on a few occasions. And his friendship with the band would turn into a working relationship on many occasions, including running So What magazine. He spent a lot of years on the road with them and just around them. He was part of their inner circle. So there is really nobody or very few people more qualified to provide an in-depth first-hand account of the inner workings of the band. And this is most definitely what this interview is. Eric covers the good, the bad, and the ugly. And while some of his takes might be controversial for some of you, I promise you this, you will be very entertained. This was one of the funniest, one of the most chaotic at times, and also one of the most informative interviews I have ever had the privilege of doing. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to jump into our conversation. Here is my talk with Eric Braverman. My guest today has worn many different hats in the music industry, including radio DJ, founder of Heavy Metal Television, a contributor to Brave Words, Blade Knuckles, and perhaps most significant to listeners of the podcast. He is uh, has a personal relationship with Metallica. He was also the manager and a collaborator with Rash Metal Legends Flossum and Jetsum, who, of course, featured Jason Newsted before joining Metallica. And he also helped put together a documentary called Metallomania. Please welcome to Metallicast, Eric Braverman. Yeah. Metallomania, though, just seriously, all the people. Yeah. Like they're listening, they should be like, I'm just stop, put the thing on pause, <laughs> you can pause the podcast, and then go to eBay and get that for like $3. Because that's like, I think it's the number six best. Metallica product ever put out. Wow. The number six. Five. I think it's five or six. Wow. So t- for anybody listening who might not know, because this came out, uh, I think it was 1997. It was a number of years ago now. That's when I made it. That, yeah. yeah, that's when we made it. But we didn't really start putting it out commercially until probably like 10 years after that. Wow. Yeah. So tell what. In, in case anybody's wondering who does not know what Metallica Mania is, can you break it down for us? Uh, well, 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 what happened was, you know, I met Metallica in like two weird ways, but it ended up being like a Jason Newstead thing. And we made another Metallomania that people don't even see. And then they were like, let's make a better one. 
with all the rock stars in it and everything. Yeah. And then Jason Newstead was like, just do whatever. And there was also a guy named Tony Smith. Have you had Tony Smith on here? No, I have not. He, he might. He probably maybe wouldn't come on here. But he would be the best guest for your show you could get. <laughs> all right. So he, uh, so we just went and made a thing because, and you know, like there was complaints, like, you know, the band would be like, there's not, why don't you get some more tits and stuff? Like, I'm trying to get <laughs> the part, the stuff that you guys miss while yeah. you're here in this, like, um, you know, bubble, this, like, specially, you know, hermetically sealed bubble. You miss all the sh- cool, funny stuff. Right. So we went out and worked on that for, like, I don't know how long, and just, it's basically, like, us making fun of them and ourselves. <laughs> so this was for the band originally. It, it, it was kind of like a for the band thing. Yeah. But but people were already already trading our first one, the, the first Metallomania, which right. barely any of them were even in or anything. Yeah. And um, then we made this. And we had also we had a crazy friend named Kirby Fair, who was like he was like a collector of rock and roll memorabilia and like a trust fund kid. And he goes, if I can go, I'll I'll pick up the tab on anything that the Metallica guys won't pay for. Wow. Okay. So we just start going in, and then by then, you know, also because you know just. We went to, I, I actually went to multiple Metallica shows, some like in my own like motorhome or bus or whatever, yeah. for multiple shows in a row on every tour they ever did, except this last one, the hard wired thing. Yeah. Because by then, a lot of the fun had gone way away. <laughs> fun meaning it's just a little bit more corporate now? No, I mean or... fun. I mean, fun. <laughs> you know, like, hey, ha, ha, ha. Hey, was there someone laughing in the hallway? You know, on this last tour, like, James finally just was like, I can't go in a private plane with this, with just us and the band. I need my own plane to get home. Yeah. Like, it's just gone to that. Okay. So yeah. they're like, they've out Rolling Stoned the Rolling Stones. <laughs> totally true. James Hetfield needs his own plane to get home. He can't go to the airport with them. <laughs> so I was like, I'm out. Okay. Yeah. So like, and I'd already been banned. I, I think Jen, James, I think it was during the Orion festivals <laughs> where I was working on those projects. Cause of course they couldn't get that done without me and it didn't go well. And James Hetfield one day is like, Oh yeah, I just can't really perform if Eric Braverman's somewhere in the, on the festival grounds okay so all right i feel like we need to back up a little bit so what what how what what is your introduction to metallica both uh personally and as a uh i i guess a a listener i'm I'm sure they go hand in hand uh they they do they kind of do uh brandon you know i'm the biggest heavy metal fan ever to live i have heard that's like a big Big response. I don't know if you ever seen my show, The Greatest Music Ever Created and How It Ruined Our Lives. I have I have seen parts of it, yes. You should go to that. You should go to killingtimeproductions.com. You can see, you know, me dice up Joe Elliott and Corey Taylor and, and whoever we have to. But what happened was I I had a magazine called Loud Magazine. Right. And we were the first glossy magazine ever put Metallica on the cover. 
And I went to early Metallica shows and ended up, like, smoking some rope with, like, Cliff Burton and stuff and having a couple laughs and meeting the band. At the same time, this floofy guy at Loud Magazine named Joe Lopez would always be like, Poison, hell of a band. (laughs) And and he goes, hey, you need to... uh, listen to this band Flotsam and Jetsam and gives me like their, their demo tape. Right. And then I went and met, uh, met them and I met Jason Newstead who wore glasses and a tie to his first interview ever did, which was with me. <laughs> and he's like, over, dude, I'm already like, what dude, I'm in a fraternity. <laughs> it's like, this dude has a tie and glasses on. And a, a bandmate of his and Flotsam and Jetsam comes walking out with like a bong and a bag of roaches. <laughs> So he's just smoking roaches through a bong, a big bag. It's probably like 200 roaches. Right. And Jason didn't like that. He was like, dude, you're making us look bad with this dude. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so that's how I met them. All right. So now you are – so you're in with the Flotsam camp, obviously, yeah. at that point. And yeah. you're mingling with Metallica. So I mean, my, my high school art friend in high school painted – the doomsday for the deceiver album cover oh wow yeah so like everything like there'd be no metallica slayer megadeth flotsam and jetsam any of these bands without me like i don't think metallica would they would have never made it right oh dude i did so what you ever seen so what magazine where stefan shirazi yes has a career have you had stefan on i have not you gotta get stefan on i would love to i've not been able to find a good contact uh, Where's my phone book? <laughs> we'll talk later. All right, perfect. No, he's like the he's like the the best. So yeah. he, you know he's gotten a life just out of Metallica. Right. So, but that's how I met them was through Flotsam and Jetsam and my own little loud magazine. And then Jason Newstead was like, "You're a funny guy, and I got to do everything in Flotsam and Jetsam. Let's write songs together." So we start yeah. writing songs together, and then the day Cliff died. You know, I told him, like, dude, you're going to be in Metallica. Who are they going to get? And then I made a tape. Listen to this historic moment right here with Jason Newstead needs to. That's a whole other story. That poor guy. Very poor. Sad, 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 (laughs) sad story. I made a tape, which was the Master Puppet set from first song to last song and put him in a room and said, learn this cassette tape. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I had already been going to those sh- Master of Puppets right. shows, so you knew what to exp- you knew what the what the what they did set was what uh... they did. I was already studying it. Right, right. Because I like this might because I love I loved like retarded. You like if someone was just throwing some appliances down some stairs when I was a kid. You know, I liked old country. I liked old country music yeah. or just like scare scare people. You know, Metallica. Right. Well, they go hand in hand if you get into the outlaw sometimes. So. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, like, Metallica, this is the stuff. So I started, right. like, getting all into that, and just, like, these miraculous things happened. All right. So you are um, – So all right. There's a lot to get into here, and I would like to get into it as much this as This is your best – dude, this so, is your until – you have, until you have Lars or Stefan yeah. or Tony Smith – like, this yeah. is probably your best episode right now. Like, I like Brian Slagle, <laughs> personal friend of mine. I can call Brian Slagle right now. Yeah. And I like I like Mark Eglinton, personal friend of mine. I can call him right now. And I like 
Dave Elfson until he started working with that Tom Hazard. <laughs> but I take my seriously. That's sad, man. That's another episode. We got to help. It's like an intervention. <laughs> like Tom Hazard's the worst. The worst. The worst. <laughs> like Tom Hazard's not like like if I threw up. And I had to, like, eat that again or help Tom Hazard. I'd just eat the fucking vomit. He's a fucking piece of shit. Just All right, because. sorry about that part. All right, okay. so um, this is the You ask the tough, ask the tough questions about Metallica, and I'll answer them. All right, so, you well, you mentioned that you made the claim that, you know, the band would not be who they are, what they are. Oh, yeah. without you and you mentioned right. your involvement mm-hmm. in so what so like I, I i understand how you met them how you got into with jason newstead yeah. so when are you personally start working with metallica uh that's still we're still working that part you yeah. know out um so not sure when that's going on but what happened was I had the first glossy magazine with them on the cover. Then yeah. I get Jason Newstead ready for them and get him, and it's quick with Michael Alago and done. Then I'm working on then just getting them to, you know, mature, read some books, because I was hanging out all the time. You know, I was mm-hmm. at the first Jason Newstead shows, you know, at the Country Club in Reseda. I was at those shows right. all the way through whatever. I went to Cliff Burton's burial site. You know, and saw his teeth laying under the tree and shit. Yeah. So then, then it's like we did So What? The whole So What magazine thing, how much money they've milked out of that and stuff. So you, you, you were part of the, you, you were, you were involved in So What at the beginning. Well, I know. There's no So What without Eric Braverman, just period, the end of story, the end. So that's your brainchild? What, what happened was, no, no, no. They did this thing again that they do where they went in and they're like, we're going to have a magazine and each one of us are going to contribute every month and do, do, do. So they got started and they realized that fucking, you think Kirk Hammett's going to do some homework? <laughs> are you on acid? Right. Or Lars and James yeah. are going to do homework for a fucking mag- magazine? <laughs> what kind of cocaine are you smoking? Because I want some. <laughs> so Jason, if you notice, the Jason... New first thing we're gonna do is an issue about each one of them, like that spotlighted them, and like right. the first thing, of course, is the Jason issue, because I right. knew that Jason would sit there, and then sure. Tony Smith, who's like the coolest dude in the world, who's been through a lot of crazy shit in his life, and the way that he went out of Metallica was wrong and unfair, and he should still be actually working with them, and now they they know that now. But then they did not and made a mistake, and I was there for that tragedy, too. But so, like, even, remember So What magazine, the centerfold of, like, James Hetfield with the, with the X-ray, and it showed, it's like the most famous So What thing? Sure, yeah. Uh, that's 100% mine. Awesome. There's no shit. Steve Wig, Steve Wig, who's been in classic movies like Milk. Yeah. And fucking Into the Wild. Yeah. He's, our, he's a prodigy of ours. That he nice. he came through the so what thing and then kind of awesome. came through our whole do this do that do this do that and then just becomes the the fifth Metallica guy for like eight years. Yeah. Wow. So just to clear up any confusion for people yeah. who are listening, can you explain uh, what Tony Scott's role was 
Tony Smith? Uh, Tony Smith, yeah, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Tony, Tony Smith, Smith was a, their tour manager who ended up being a very high-level confidant, an awesome dude, he's an English dude, and he worked with many of the bands, and me and him had a chocolate addiction together for many years, and then he made <laughs> the So What thing, right? And, and he fell in love with a lady from Knoxville, that's why he moved to Knoxville, that's why you see Knoxville, Tennessee, Tennessee on the yeah. magazine. Makes sense. And all that went on. So he was this awesome guy. But at one point, there was some mismanagement in the so what, and some jackass was like throwing receipts in the wrong way or, or, or uh, mishandling funds. Yeah. And they, they, you know, basically just threw it like, oh, he's stabbing us in the back and stealing from us and fuck him. Right. I think it's one of their, it's almost as big a mistake as recording The Memory Remains or Until It Sleeps, which is their biggest two travesties they've ever committed against humanity. <laughs> so, all right. I, I think I was thinking as you were talking to him, Tony Scott, I'm pretty sure, is Ridley Scott's brother to director. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't That's know right. why that name was on my They're brain. all English. They're all teabags. They're all teabags from England. That's why you, you're fine, Brandon. You're doing fine. Um, all right. So now you are heavily involved in So What. When does uh, 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 Stefan come into uh, the picture? Stefan? Yeah, Stefan. Well, he was already like this big music writer, right? Right. And, yeah, he did you know, making, and everything. Ma- and... Yeah, and making fun back and forth. And he was sure. really great friends with like Lemmy and Ronnie James Dio. Sure. And just a really wonderful dude. But he's real straight up and shit. You know, he's a guy that would kind of like start shivering a little bit when I came in the room because he knew that like jobs are on the line. Sure. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. care. I don't care about that. So Stefan came in a bit after me. And then ultimately, after Tony Smith was long gone and stuff for a while, Brandon, the band said, hey, Stefan, instead of jumping from lily pad to lily pad with writing gigs, why right. don't you take over so what? We'll give you a salary, move to San Francisco, and he's got a house and a beautiful family in San Francisco and does a great, great job for the Metallica fans. Yeah. He's fucking Absolutely. cool. There's a bunch of douchebags besides James Hetfield involved in Metallica. Right. And he's really a good guy. All right. Well, I hopefully we can touch base at some point. I'd love to talk to him. And uh, so you are heavily involved in all this. He comes along board. So is there what beyond so what? What's your uh, explain how your story continues with them? Well, I mean, with Metallica, I was just always there going, come on, dude. Right. I just give me a job or I'm I'm out here anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Plus, I had personal relationship like with Kirk Hammett that went all the way to doing his horror things at the Orion Festival and his festivals. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't even do those without my personal monster guy. Yeah. Now, all those monsters in there from my guy, and he makes it look like he's cool. Can I say I love that you have a personal monster guy? <laughs> yeah, you, if you don't, how do you, how do you do anything, you know? I, I don't know. I'm starting to question everything right now. You want, like, uh, a bunch of guts on the floor or say you need a big Egyptian tomb? <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you gotta have this. that sounds fucking awesome <laughs> oh yeah he's the best he's the best the best the best and he lives an hour away from us by car which is great we actually just 
spent a night uh, before Halloween with him. His name's Kyle Thompson. All right, but, shout out to Kyle. And if his I, thing, if you want to look at his website, it's called yeah, please. Midnight Effects. Midnight Effects. So it's Midnight Studios Effects. Midnight Studios Effects. Midnight Studio Effects. Yeah, so he's like Midnight it Studios. It's the baddest shit in the world. Like, you'll probably buy something just to put up in your living room to impress. <laughs> if you need some guts on the floor, Kyle's your guy. Yeah, FX. <laughs> Midnight Studios awesome. FX. Awesome, awesome. So you are just sort of, you're around, you're on, you're, you know, kind of in and out on the road with them. You're yeah, because doing... I'm dealing, plus I'm dealing with Flotsam and Jetsam. I'm doing, I did Slayer projects. I did the biggest yeah. Slayer projects. What were you doing for Slayer? Well, I did their box set. I wrote the book oh, for their awesome. box set. Awesome. The soundtrack to the Apocalypse. Plus, I did their first home DVD, War at the Warfield. I did the fans rule thing in that. Nice, nice. Plus, I was J- uh, Jeff Hanneman's only friend. Jeff Hanneman's only friend? Yeah, yeah. Wow. When he died, when he died, motherfucker, this tells you the size of the yeah. heavy metal fandom. I got an email from one Tom Araya. And his wow. wife that said, hey, we're really sorry about the loss of your friend. Oh, wow. Right. Wow. Right. Yikes. Um, kind of like the show's a, uh, a dark side to uh, the music industry, huh? Well, you remember that Hunter S. Thompson's quote about the music industry, don't you? Uh, remind me. I it's know like, I've heard the, it. like the quote says something like, the music industry is vultures from Satan with pus coming out of their faces <laughs> that have never eaten before, tearing at the flesh yeah. of, of dreamers and creators and magical people and people that can be musicians and draining the guts out of them. And then there's, of course, <laughs> a dark side. Yeah. So to go back to your relationship with Jason Newsted, yes, um, so he's obviously in Metallica. Remember, and, I was the best man at his. He's been married twice. I was the best man at yeah. his first wedding. So it's a wow. pretty close relationship. Till James, till James and Lars got a hold of him. <laughs> so I have all right. So I have uh, a few questions. First and foremost, um, you you were in a unique to talk about Flotsam and Jetsam for a moment. You were kind of in a unique. Um, uh, unique situation where you were collaborating in songwriting, but you were not uh, a, a, a member of the band per yes, se. Sir. Yes, sir. So how 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 did that work? What was that like? Jason, you said we're me and Jason are hanging out, and he's like, "Dude, we're writing yeah. songs. I'm gonna write songs. You're a fucking funny guy that knows everything. You know, much as anyone can know. I know more about dinosaurs than you know about your like your own folks, Brandon. So anyway." <laughs> So wait, I need, I need five, he, five dinosaur facts too. I need five dinosaur. Uh, well, facts. we'll get there. We could do a whole. <laughs> I can do a whole. I could do like five hours on. So um, I was trying to start a yeah. dinosaur television network recently, actually. So anyway. Oh really? So so what what happened was <clears throat> Jason asked me to write songs with him. So we're writing songs. Then mm-hmm. Cliff dies. Then the right. guys in Flotsam and Jetsam were kind of like degenerate. Like what the name implies, probably the yeah. most aptly named rock band ever, Flotsam and Jetsam. You look up. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. They were like, high school for what? 
What you reading for? <laughs> you know, they were these guys. What you reading for? Right. Um, so uh, we wrote songs that he leaves, and then the guys in the band were like, well, I don't have to do anything. EB's here. EB will just keep writing songs. Right. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's such a unique uh, uh, experience to be able to say. Yeah. You were sort of, um, and you were, were you, um, I know you did a lot. I wrote a song with Dave Elfson, too, with Flotsman Jetson. Really? Date with Hate is the name of it. Look up Date with Hate. Absolutely, Will. That was the song Um, we wrote with them. Yeah. And it's recorded. They recorded it. It's pretty cool. Absolutely, Will. So you contributed a lot, it sounds like, lyrically, and then, like, they take ideas and lyrics and uh, shape around that. Uh, you know what, Brandon? You said like unique thing. This will sound really weird, but yeah. it, it was like, it was like, they. It was like it was like my band for a long time, and then they were just these guys that played the musical parts of that. And then I just fought with them because they were so nutty that they they'd be a lot bigger band, right? But like if you right. listen to some of their albums, the production is fucking crazy. It's like someone was on acid. Yeah. Because the producer people were so pissed at them and how goofy they were, they would just fuck it up. Like Alex yeah. Curialis purposely fucked up when the storm comes down. Then, <laughs> seriously, then then when they would do an al- then they would just do the stupidest album cover in the world. Like it was yeah. crazy, <laughs> crazy wow. shit. How how wow. goofy they were with stuff. And if they would have listened to me or anyone, they would have been more like at least a little bit beyond testament right because they so much more money was spent like millions of dollars were spent on flotsam and jetsam literally millions by just mca let alone electra or metal blade right wow who had them twice so so you were basically Beethoven, and they were your orchestra. Well, it was like right. I would write the lyrics, I would <laughs> yeah. try to do this, but but it was their band. They were contracted. I never contracted myself to anything. When I wrote a yeah. song, gotcha, gotcha, when yeah. I wrote a song, and none of them were in the room, I would still split it with them six ways. That's how like dopey and goofy I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where people would fight yeah, about yeah. that kind of shit. Right, right. That's really cool. Um, so now you, so you go through that whole experience with Flossum Justin and you continue that after Jason. Yeah. And goes for 14 years. I did it for 14 wow. years. Wow. And now, so you have perhaps more than anybody besides Jason himself know what it was like for him to be in that band. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stories that are told that fans know and yeah. some that the band themselves have admitted to. Uh, about like the hazing and you know obviously it did not end well hence he's not in the band anymore can you go into any of that i'll go into all of it you know like your buddy mark eglinton yeah who wrote a book sure one a headfield book i think he wrote two but i know in one of them like chapter seven says j james jason and dot 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 eric it's a whole chapter of me fighting this shit yeah um I just told Jason, like, dude, they're, I, see, I was in a fraternity. I remember that joke before, right? So they yeah. gave him the fraternity treatment, treatment, and he stood up to it really well. But they were right. out of bounds, and, and they did never dealt with their grief. Right. You understand? So they're taking it out on him. I believe, yes. When, yeah. when he, there was a time, check this out. 
there was a time when when I took Jason aside because his family kept saying to me and other people like, "How come Jason won't call me back?" Yeah, and I'm like, "He's a rock star now." The only people motherfucking calling you back are Tom Mariah, Jeff Hanneman, and Malcolm Young. No one else is calling you back, dude. <laughs> That's those three guys will call you back. Mm-hmm. No one else is calling you back. You got to work it. That's why I became wa- friends with a lot of wives. That was one of my tricks, Brandon. If you're young, <laughs> I don't know if you're seventy or fourteen or how old you are. I, but... I am thirty-five. Okay, so you're like, still yeah. young enough. Fuck the dudes in the band. Just fuck the guys in the band. When you're backstage, it's like, hey, what's your name? Oh, my name's Carol. I'm so-and-so. Oh, you're, you're his wife? That's great. Let's get some ice creams and stuff. Fuck these guys. Yeah. That's the I've had I've had more wives hook me up. I don't even call That's Slayer's crazy. management because I hate Rick Sales and like that Kirsten... Moldering that does mastodon all the fucking pieces of fuck in their office. I just call like Tom Mariah's wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need Tom to do this for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally See, fucking cooler. Well, that's what I'm missing. I need to. You're. I, I'm with you 100. percent I need to become friends with the wife. Right. That so you got wait. So, so if much you easier. do shit and like you happen to get like a pass and stuff. Yeah. You just make friends with like the wife or like the the you know <laughs> the person that like something important in their their life, like their swimming pool guy, maintenance guy. Right. Then you're just like fuck <laughs> fuck the people that think they're important, you know. Yeah. All right. Did you have any questions <laughs> lined up? Because I want to I want to make sure I, I answer every question you had. I mean, I want to cover okay. as much as you're willing to cover. I'm, I'm willing to go. It's um, be the longest episode. My wife told me I could stay up late tonight. She's like, you know. Perfect. Yeah. So we, uh, all right. So you're involved in all of this. So to go back to Jason being in the band, like yeah. what are some things you witnessed firsthand um, or uh, that you can share? Well, just like after the show, it would say like Jason's room. And it would be like the smallest, gotcha. like janitor's yeah. closet with a sign on it. <laughs> and was that really just like the first? Let me tell you how fucked uh, up they were. Let, let me tell you how yeah. long they were fucked up. Please. He joined in like whatever, 1986. In 1990 right. fucking six, I was in some row with him where I was going to beat him up. And it was so serious that I went to his house with his family in Walnut Creek, California on Christmas morning. Brandon at nine thirty in the morning to confront him about fame. Wow, that's right. So, didn't, so wait, he didn't go good. He, he let it get to his head. I think it is. No, no, he wasn't like I'm so great. It's more like he just kept changing, dude. He was so fun that he would like. Yeah, it'd be like say say me and you were sitting here, and you know he was sitting there eating a sandwich. And then we heard on the radio, Iron Maiden's playing 90 minutes away tonight. Right. He'd be like, we're right. going to that. We're right. going to that. And you'd be like, what? He'd be like, yeah, well, yeah. I didn't know Iron Maiden's playing 90 minutes away. Let's make a bunch of fucking sandwiches and get like a tank of nitrous <laughs> oxide. He's one of the only people I ever saw in my life did nitrous oxide behind the wheel. <laughs> no, he did that. So they, what, what happened was, Showbiz, showbiz is um, 
Have you ever heard Have you ever heard of this ACDC song? So like it's a long way to the top. If you would like to oh, rock yeah. and roll, that's so like that's like the good news version of it. <laughs> think Tell about us the bad news. <laughs> no, think about it, dude. Name people. Yeah. Name the greats. The greats: Elvis Presley, Marilyn right. Monroe, John Lennon, sure. fucking Gandhi. You know all these people. You know, like Jeff Hanneman, the best motherfucker is gone out of your fucking life. Edward Van Halen, who, by the way, oh, yeah. I partied with Edward Van Halen and Metallica more than once <laughs> in the same Wait, room. In the same room? All right, we got to get into that story, too. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is, the, 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 but the thing was constant with them fucking with him. Like, they, okay. it never ended the entire time he was in there. But gotcha. but James Hetfield's the problem. Like if I say, check this out. I'm on the Chicago Bulls with Jordan. Right. What's the best Chicago? Jordan and Pippen and Rodman, and I'm on right. that team during the time when they won more games than any other fucking basketball team. Who I don't think that Jordan could have fucking talk me into quitting. And he's a dick. Right. You know, because I made a famous thing called Air Mania. It's about <laughs> people that like Michael Jordan too much. <laughs> Seriously. You just go on eBay right now. Air Mania. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's just like Metalomania without, <laughs> with, with no swearing, Brandon. So it's Metalomania, <laughs> no profanity. Because when I was making it, Jordan was like, all right, I'll let you do whatever you want, EB, but... You just can't say cunt all the time. <laughs> I got to sell Gatorade and fucking cereal. <laughs> but you can look that up. It's called Air oh, Mania. Yeah. That's what was by. Because after I made Metalomania, I was like, what could I do? It's bigger. And you actually reached out to Jordan. Yeah. And he, wow. And and same thing happened. When, when, when I started putting out, selling a lot of Metalomanias, you know, people are like, you're going to get sued. And Mark Paschke, who worked with Metallica till like just two years ago, till he got fired for the third time, he <laughs> uh, he was like, we're going to get sued. They're going to they're going to sue you. Are you kidding me? So I just called up Lars, who, by the way, news flash for all you motherfuckers listening to this shit. They think you know anything about Metallica. This is the greatest fucking news to know. Lars is the cool one. <laughs> so the opposite of what everybody There's no wants. joke here. <laughs> yeah. There's no joke right here. There was a time. Yeah. There was a time I was sitting. I was at like a place that never had a concert before. So they thought they'd have Metallica for the first night of the concert. Right. It's like in Orlando, California. No, Ontario. Ontario, California. Where it was, this is re- fairly recent. In this shit, it was uh, it was Death Mag- Magnetic Tour, where I'm like, I'm going to come out. I'm going to go to ten shows in a row, or till James kicks me out. So, <laughs> the first night was like Ontario, where they never had a concert before their Reno in Ontario, <laughs> California. So I'm in there, and they had a bar. Metallica was smart enough; they would make like a bar far away from their dressing room and then send people with passes into there. And then if they wanted to see that person, they would go out to that bar. You know what I mean? And so I'm sitting there, I go in there, I go in there and I didn't drink for 22 years, Brandon. I'm drinking tonight 
but I did not drink for 22 years. So that night I was not drinking, and I go in there, and the guy's like, hey, E.B., what's happening? You having a good time? I'm like, I'm fine. We're going to have a barbecue, but we're afraid uh, James Heffield might get upset because people are using charcoal within four miles of him. <laughs> so a guy hands me a bag, and inside the bag is like okay. 200,000 drink tickets for this bar. Wow. wow. And I'm like, what's this for? I'm not drinking. Well, you can have Cokes and shit. And I was yeah. like, well, where's this from? He goes, well, Lars just said that if we did this kind of stuff, you know, you might behave. And he said, <laughs> whatever we do tonight, do not nickel and dime that guy. <laughs> That's like the height of my rock and roll career, Brandon. The night Lars told people, don't nickel and dime that guy. Right there, before we throw him out. Oh, yeah, I get thrown out. Amazing. I get thrown out of Metallica concerts and shit. <laughs> And also, you know right, Mick so, Hughes? You ever heard of that guy? Of course, yeah. Has he been on here? No, he has not. Dude, what, is, what are we doing? All right, he's the biggest <laughs> I got smoker. A lot of, I got a lot of ways to go. But he's you know? like the biggest smoker in the world. And, yeah. and he's a huge EB fan. Right. Oh, he's really like, okay, there's, all right, there's fucking Abraham Lincoln. There's fucking, because he's English. So you probably don't even know who that is. But there's so-and-so, and there's fucking Jimmy Page, and then number four, EB. Oh, yeah, dude, that guy. And we would just, like, sometimes be like, hey, if you sit here with me and put a bunch of Marlboros and we put doobies in our mouth, when James comes around, he'll see us sitting here. So, yeah. That's, so what's, um, you've kind of made uh, a few little references, but you, Lars Ulrich is the cool yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. James Hatfield's a sort of a dictator, to say I the least. No, no, um, that, would, that would show, like, you know what, Listen, let me tell you something. This is great, dude. James Hetfield is the best of the best of the best. A lot of times when I was watching him, I was like, this is like a fucking Disneyland thing. Like yeah. the lighting, just how he does every fucking thing, the, the lyrical content, do, 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 like what? There's no, he's, he's the best fucking American heavy metal star of all time. So let's just throw, get that out of the way so people don't need to go, Ugh. He's number one. <laughs> yeah. He's the Jordan. He's the fucking Benjamin Franklin. That's enough. End of story. But he has, there's a lot of problems inside there as far as feelings. Like the fact sure. that that dude can't have a beer with us tonight, that's some serious ass bullshit. Don't you think that that's where part of the, part of the talent comes from maybe? Like well, yes, yes. So let me explain. Let me explain. Into that. No, you're you're doing great here. The, what is that like? Is you know you only have an, so many rails, Brandon, that you could ride, and I think a lot yeah. of these great artists have to throw off like um, I don't know if it's manners is the right way. It might be manners or just like personal easy interaction, and that line yeah. is replaced by the ability to a Disney or a or a Lars. Gotcha, yeah. It's something like that in the as far as like if you're saying that what you just said, it that's just like yeah. how much just like anything every cup can only hold so much. So sure, I think right, it's yeah. like, well, I don't need manners. You know, I need to know how to be yeah, able to yeah, drive. Yeah. I need to be able to not poop my pants. I need to be able to pay my <laughs> right. bills. Well it's just yeah. fuck manners. 
So it's like a certain level of like you hear like the people who use the word genius, and it's sort of like I, I don't know if that's the right word to use. It is for the, it is for always, Metallica. Like they always seem like the 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 people with the gen, with that get labeled genius are always a little bit not normal because they're genius. Well, and also you're you deal with a subject here that's very um, like it's. I can't believe Metallica is the number one rock band ever in American history with the fucking mm-hmm. material that they put out, certainly in their first sure, four yeah. albums. And like, it's totally. totally, they're, they're a Disney, they're a NASCAR. You're, you're, you're not by exploring this, by having, you know, Bob Nalbandian on. Yeah. Speaking of bastards, was he mean to you? No, not at all. Bob all was right, great. So make sure, because, you know, Bob has a reputation <laughs> reinstalled with people. I'm sorry. I can't even say I started laughing. No, he's our biggest marshmallow <laughs> friend ever. He, yeah, he I was, love him. He was amazing. Imagine if I did uh, belittle him, what would you have said? I would have been like, I would have oh, like, yeah, right on. Was... <laughs> I would have called him right now and went, Bob, dude, I heard this guy said you were a dick. I'm so fucking proud of you. Were you a... <laughs> Yo, Bob, Bob. I have to say, everybody who's been on the show. Yo, has been I love him because he's he's a psychotic yeah. person who's addicted. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. I don't know if you watch his videos. He makes these fucking DVDs. He's addicted. Yeah. He's addicted to this shit. He loves it, yeah. and he's always nice. And you know what? He's one of those people who tells people, "Well, yeah, you know." EB was a little harsh there, but it was, you know, it was kind of funny. And <laughs> he knows, he knows Glenn Tipton. He did something right. <laughs> but really, yeah, good shit. So I think that's a really good insight into Lars and James. You made a, a comment about uh, Kirk Hammett before. Listen. Um, can you go into a little bit about what Kirk is like? Let's talk about Kirk's been our best friend in Metallica. For sure. Yeah. Um, don't ask Kirk to pick you up at the airport, Brandon. <laughs> um, are you is it, are you speaking from experience or? Was, yes. <laughs> it was, seriously, seriously. You, you know, when Meta- you can just tell in Metal what you know the end of Metalomania. One of the greatest parts of the whole yeah. thing is at the end. Kirk just fucking, it's like everything's over. I think even the credits have gone on. The fucking the credits of that movie are even <laughs> hilarious. And if you yeah. read them all, and he's just picking up this steaming pile of shit. And he just says, hey, it doesn't matter how fucking famous or rich you become, you always got to pick up someone's fucking shit. <laughs> and he's also in with some of our other stuff. Like when we made the Slayer thing, we made him, you know, be in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kirk's a really nice guy. He's just he like a, yeah, he's yeah. uh he's the dude in spinal tap. You know, he's the bass player in spinal tap. <laughs> Seriously. It's not even, it's, he's one that gets stuck in the There's pod. no joke here. He, he was like, like he has really let these guys, you know, he's smart. He's a beautiful person, but, uh, yeah. he's like a really, really, uh, in a good way, soft, person like he's let let these guys yeah. like there's times where he could have been in all his rights in the world to slap lars or james right in the fucking face in front of other people yeah just psh, psh, psh. <laughs> what the fuck psh, psh, psh. 
<laughs> but he always kind of marshmallows out on stuff. You know, there's yeah. stuff that me and him were going to do. And then James said no and had nothing to do with James. And then he's like, well, James didn't want us to do it. I'm like, yes, what? What? Tell him what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like setting up monster shit at those uh, Orion festivals. Like James is in there like dictating what Kirk's doing in the monster tent. Like, fuck. Stop it. I mean, you kind of, I feel like you, as, as like a diehard fan like myself, you kind of pick up a little snippets of this, right? Just from following their career, seeing them in interviews and hearing about the kind of the inner workings, like in some of the stories I've come out, I mean, obviously the Jason Neuse did one probably being the most um, well-known public version of sort of how James was uh, using his power, so to speak. And then you kind of see, uh, you know, the, some kind of monster documentary of course shows some inner workings of the band. You see kind of Kirk being stuck in the middle and sort of how he's been positioned in his band, sort of the middleman, keep the peace between Lars and James. And, uh, but don't you think all these, the, the, that's why it works, right? Cause they're just kind of, sure. It's part, it's, you, you it's can't have, be, you can't have be part four of big personalities. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And then like Robert's whole thing, like he really saved their band. There was no other person that was going to be able to come yeah. in and deal with those three fucking knuckleheads on earth. If he didn't <laughs> agree to do it, this would, it'd be over. Yeah. There's no feel very, and Robert Trujillo, he's been cool since fucking day one of all the shit ever. He's a guy that like every time I ever saw him in my life, he'd stop what he was doing and fucking would stop and fucking say, Hey, what are you doing today? And how are you doing? First time I did my greatest music ever created and how it ruined our live show. He's the first episode. And the first, and I'm like, dude, we're just oh, going to wow. make fun of Mexicans. Yeah. Because, you know, in Arizona, we got to get rid of Mexicans. <laughs> he wears a Mexican flag shirt into the interview. <laughs> you know, I give him switchblades and, and brass knuckles. <laughs> like, who's going to do that shit? He's really fucking cool. I wish Jason Newstead was still in it, because I think he's, like, better in it. But well, there's no other thing to do. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about that, because you obviously were there for... Um, I mean, did you see that? Yeah, we realized something, Brandon. There was times where I saw them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and late night every day for weeks. So you, so you knew that the writing was on the wall, so to speak, like it was coming to an end. With I, I did not think it was going to do that. No, really. He, you know what? Yeah. Me and him had a big battle right before he ended up quitting. That was just totally tripped out where he, like I said, I was so like, what the fuck? In 1996, for Christmas, I blew off my family, went to Walnut Creek, um, coordinated with his entire family, and hit him up at 10 a.m. on Christmas morning. And he, like, couldn't fucking handle it. It was like some other person had finally emerged. So do you think, I mean, the story that's told, right, that's sort of publicized is, and I, and, uh, you know, he wanted to do this other project, Echo Brain, James wouldn't allow it, and it it was what it was. But do you think all, I mean, 
There's got to be more. Yeah, but to they had other bands. James Heffield and Jim Martin and some goofy friends of those sure. guys used to have like spastic children yeah, spastic and children. other things. Yeah. So, and James has done his side things with corrosion conformity, okay, and, right? Uh, Danzig and I think Jason just should have stood his ground a little bit more. But by yeah. then, I thought that that it was just too Led Zeppelinized to where you know there's yeah. no reality anymore. And I do remember also you like this classic quote. In like fucking 1988 or 89, we were somewhere hanging out, and Lars and Jason were, and myself were just kind of talking. Lars was like snorting a golf ball, and they said something <laughs> like, "We're the we're what we're doing is to be the next Led Zeppelin for our generation," and I was like, "Dude." I can't even do cocaine. You guys won't even let me because how spooky and crazy I am. You won't let me do any cocaine. Now I'm hanging out with Led Zeppelin. And I remember that night there was, they were doing the cocaine off a train set that I was playing with because that they, they, they were just wasting money all the time, right? So if I, if, they set, if I went to the store with one of them, I'd be like, can I have this train set? <laughs> like yeah, and then I set the train set up, you know, and then play with it. And... It was like slap shot. You ever see that movie? They brought yeah, their yeah, fucking toys. I'm like, I'm just, I need this train set, man. <clears throat> but I remember it's large. So I gotta ask, how many train sets do you have? You know today? what? <laughs> I actually sold my last one on eBay the other day. My wife did. So I still oh, had wow. so many. Dude, listen to me. I'm spoiled good, Brandon. My train sets have a McDonald's. Wait, no. what? My train sets have a McDonald's. Like, there's they that have, much there's shit. An, there's, oh, I got you, I got you. So you go through yeah. the town. You could drop off your mail or get a little, you know, get a shirt and go to McDonald's. So there's a whole to town for the trains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they need a they need a place to drive through in your defense. So. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, so they're doing coke buying you trains. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So, guns were good. That was another one. Guns, oh, hey, well, there's a gun. There's a big gun show at the fairgrounds tomorrow morning. James and Jason are like we're going. <laughs> you know, Lars and Kirk would be like, "Guns are bad. I don't think you guys understand." <laughs> And then they'd be like, what do you want? Stupid ass thing. Yeah, they love that shit. James, I must have saw James and Jason Newstead buy 200 firearms. Wow. I don't sure. think I knew Jason was into guns. I know, oh, my God, he loved his favorite thing. J- James is a hunter and everything. It's his favorite thing. Yeah. I think Jason just liked it because it's, like, cool or tough or self-defense or what the fuck. And, he, you know, he was from Michigan, the boy. Yeah. They all hunt. Right. Every motherfucker, every white person in Michigan hunts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're buying you guns. They're buying you trains. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I gotta ask too. Like, what's what's some of the craziest party stories you've had with Metallica? I think the ultimate one. There's so many hideous ones. But I'm going to say that there's two that stick out. One was uh, Kirk Hammett's bachelor party. 
I think, for the wife before the one he has now. Yeah. I got a bunch of killer pictures, too. And Ross Halfen was there, and maybe ten other people, the entire band. I have a picture in my living room of Lars holding up the hefty bag that Kirk's thrown up in, into. <laughs> and at one point, <laughs> at one point, fucking these guys are like, we need to get some whores, you know. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, dude. You're not even going to believe some of this next shit, so that's how fun. Let's be good for you. You should be, um, be able Perfect. to get this on Blabbermouth tomorrow. Brandon. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, I'll work on it. So they got the... Uh, that guy's a dick that runs Blabbermouth, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> Well, they, now I can't get the story on there. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Fuck it. You will. Just cut this part out. So, he, so they go out and uh, they got the worst toothless horrors. In like Bay Area history, that like came in on like old like pirate ships and stuff, right? Like a long time ago, like there was like yeah. they had like one tooth on yeah, the bottom. Yeah. yeah, they brought them in and they had him jump all around him. I have great pictures of this too. I did give Kirk at one point years later, probably ten years after this, I gave Kirk the negatives because I knew he in the back of his mind he would toss and turn. Right. Also that night, <laughs> what was funny was the party was at a guy that was supposed to be their personal chef. Like, yeah. I don't remember his name, Brandon. This is like Kirk's. <laughs> see, if you looked it up, it'd be the time of Kirk's wedding before the wife he has now. Right. So if that was his first or second wedding or third. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> the chef doesn't have any food prepared. You know, I was like, mm. I came here for the food. I can't do cocaine. I don't drink. It's during my 22 years of not drinking, after the fraternity and stuff. Yeah. Where's the fucking food? So James whips open the fridge, and there's a block of cheese in there with big-ass, giant, green blobs on it. Mm-hmm. And there was also some bread in there that had some pretty good green and I'm like, this yeah. dude's the shit. What? So James made a sandwich <laughs> of that shit and then ate most of the sandwich. Then he went outside and took like a small like gardening tool and dismantled their porch. And I got like pictures of him just like chopping the porch off. All right. Just then because. there was another one. Wait, there was another party they had where they did, they were like, we're going to play every state. So they played every state and then. They were like in somewhere like Delaware or something. So there would like be like five people to show or whatever the hell. And they had a party and they literally had food for 50 men. Yeah. Booze for 50 men. Drugs for 50 men. And whores for 50 men. <laughs> like that's so like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. One night, I had a friend that I had from my elementary school, and he came up to visit us in Las Vegas, uh, snake pit tour, mm. and we're at a hotel, and he fell out the window and then went through oh, the roof Jesus. of the casino. Oh, my God. And, and that whole, the floor under us was all Metallica crew people and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, someone fell through the roof of the casino. Wow. And broke their elbow. Jesus. So 
So those were some, those were good, some, uh, you're like saying, also some of the parties, just real quick, because you're like, we're the nuttiest kind of party. When they went yeah. on those, those things with Guns N' Roses. Oh, God, yeah. Those fucking idiots would have a part, would give one of their guys $10,000 in cash <laughs> in the morning and right. of every show and say, have a themed party tonight for everybody. Wow. So one night it was like fucking cowboys and stuff with like bales mm-hmm. of hay and like a jacuzzi in the middle of the room and right. unlimited, you know, kegs of beer and a bar and like strippers and then like a bunch of sawdust with goats and sheep walking around. <laughs> like that'd be like one night wow. of one the night. shit. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. like, and then they'd come in, hey, how you guys doing tonight? You know, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy it was totally so, crazy because motorhead was the opening band or faith no more was oh yeah 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 so it was what a, what compounded a, yeah. compounded the fracture yeah wow so you and i mean lemmy alone too you know what <laughs> i got a lemmy episode of my thing what's funny is lemmy and i the same accountant <laughs> that's private oh, secret really? shit <laughs> The same accountant and the same lawyer for, oh, probably, let me think, probably fucking 25 years. Yeah. So the last time Lemmy and Motorhead came to Arizona, they were doing uh, uh, Coachella. And they had doing Saturday in Coachella and then the next Saturday. Right. And then in between, they're just doing nothing. So some nitwits that I knew, too, and they put uh, said, we'll just have Motorhead come out and play the casino uh, in Tempe, Arizona, casino, mm-hmm. and um, do a show to pick up a couple dollars and just keep it together. And we got a whole crew. Because they had a big-ass crew for those three dudes. Motorhead had a giant crew. So um, <laughs> that... That night, you know, I'm like, this is might be the last time that I do my stuff with Lemmy. And I already had probably maybe 10 good interviews with him. And he'd been on the greatest music yeah, ever created right. and fucking parties and shit. And, um, sure. well, he liked me because I was, could talk to him about history. You know, I could talk to him about World War yeah. World War Two or uh, Civil War or whatever the fuck. So, um his manager sends me an email and says, Hey, EB, they're, you know, they're playing the casino Wednesday night in between the two Coachella shows. It was mm-hmm. an eight, it was tax night. It was April 15th, uh, the last April of him being alive. Mm-hmm. And the note said, will EB plus 100 be all right? And it's like EB plus a hundred, <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> And then that night, uh, Randy Johnson, the uh, uh, Hall of Fame fucking pitcher, yeah, he loves this shit, and he lives down the street from oh, us. Yeah. So he came and was with us that night, hanging out all night. And I did some stuff with Lemmy that night, and then burned the chip, like the video chip in the camera, because I didn't want anyone to see how bad he was. Yeah. Oh, you mean like health wise? Oh, yeah. This dude, is later when on. I was watching oh, the show, yeah, yeah. like 
you know, my oh, wife, wow. my wife was there with me that night and a couple other friends. And like I said, Randy Johnson and he was, the show was yeah, going yeah. on. So this is like, like near the, yeah. I was like, this oh, is fucking sad. bad shit. Yeah. That's hard. But, but that, but Lemmy was such a cool friend of the rock and roll fans that he knew, sure. you know, and also this is like just a thrown out gig, you know, like, Hey, we're doing Coachella. We got the whole crew together. What the fuck should we do all week? We'll just bounce right. over a uh, four or five hour drive, do this Indian casino, and then come back for the next gig. So I just thought yeah. that's how that's how cool. Like people think about Lemmy and loyalty and cool mm. and E B plus one hundred. Wow. Hey, if you have any Metallica questions, I totally. I lost my mind with Lemmy for a minute because I. Hey, rightfully so. It's Lemmy. Yeah, it was I mean, terrible though. That I was really sad. It was yeah. a ter- bad concert. Yeah, that's that's really sad to hear. Um, and kudos to you for you know, erasing the evidence. Well, yeah, I was free. Uh, I was like, whoa, we can't show this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he had like tubes attached to him and like back braces. Uh being put oh, on so sad. like there was dudes yeah. coming in like putting back braces on him and hooking him up to something shit and he's like oh what do you want to do and i'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> so i was it was just like whoa because normally we uh, just go at yeah. it till till he right i sure. am the only person he's physically accosted if you see the motorhead <laughs> episode of the greatest music ever created and how it ruined our lives. I'm sure at one point he hit yeah. me or knocks my hat off or some <laughs> shit. Because um, I told amazing. every time I ever, what I like to do when I go interview people is go, hey, 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 I'm having fun tonight. You don't mm-hmm. know me. You've never seen right. me. And now <laughs> let's go. Do you understand? Can you do that? And then they all would be like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> So you are a parting with Metallica. D- d- I'm sure the crew too must just get into some yeah crazy shit. Yeah. Any good crew stories? Well, woo. You know the, who who? <laughs> there's one crew guy. Besides, you know, Mick Hughes does the sound, but there's one crew right. guy. Or is that a, is this your trivia? I know you guys do trivia. What's your trivia? Who's the one crew guy? Please say it. Me? Yeah. Well, I'm trying to help you guys. I thought there was a trivia contest. <laughs> There's a guy named Zach. Zach. Oh, Zach. Harmon. Yeah. Yeah. He he's in charge of this the whole entire thing. He's the glue. And also, I have pictures of him holding my, my hand behind my back with big gun to back of my head. Which has been <laughs> in so what. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and all kind and all kinds of shit. And he worked for Armored Saint, and they met him and gave him a job. And then he's been working for them for now for like I think thirty years or so. Yeah, they've had. They, so they, as far as crew guys, guys have been there. Him yeah. and Mick Hughes yeah. were like the shit. And and also I can. This is a great privilege. People wouldn't. Even, this is not even like believable thing. But I have a few bands. Where I could take like a fucking uh, like a napkin or a post-it or something, and right. just write on it, Eric Braverman's outside. There's already two dead. Please, did <laughs> someone come out? You know, some shit like that. And then they'll just come out and go, Hey, hey, what's go- what's happening? But yeah, like yeah. Zach Harmon, I could just send a note. There's a guy named Zach Harmon. 
And, you, you, and, then, and then there's like 22 people into, <laughs> you know, and again, you know, I didn't go on any shows on hardwired thing. I drew the line. Yeah. But at on Death Magnetic, you know, they started one of the legs right here behind my house at, mm-hmm. at the uh, Gila River uh, Arena, it's called now. And they had a rehearsal right. night where they just rehearsed and they gave out some passes to the radio station. Mm -hmm. And I said, will someone ask Lars if I can have, and I'm like, you know, because you don't want to be a dick and shit, like, like, put yourself, (laughs) can I have 50 of the wristband? Yeah. Like, a couple, you know, whatever, two hours. Yeah, Lars, glad, they're here for you, 50. (laughs) And then, so we had a big party that night, and uh, there, you know, Randy Randy Johnson was there that night again because he lives down the street, yeah. right? And he's a dick. So every time I go to a heavy metal show <laughs> with a pass, not a lot of people can get a pass. So I have sure. to sit there with Randy Johnson again and again and again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. People are scared to death. Too. Being tortured. No, people are scared. <laughs> Randy Johnson, he's like six foot. I was gonna say he's 11. a tall guy. Yeah. Might be seven feet. Plus, his face looks like it was hit by like multiple, <laughs> uh, like plane crashes or some shit. Like, yeah, Boeing. Is, is he still rocking the mullet? Uh, the mullet? No, no. His hair's pretty short, actually. Because okay. I saw him. I, I always, like I said, I always see him. I I email. Him. I have his email address. He'd be pretty funny for this show. He, and he's become a photographer. So really? if you go to his website, he it's a photography website, and he does heavy metal bands and African yeah. animals. And That's so when crazy. he goes to do a show and goes in that pit yeah. down there, it's not even fair, you know, because <laughs> he, they're going to let him stay <laughs> there longer, <laughs> and photographers can't do anything because he's just yeah. fucking... How funny is that shit? <laughs> this is, like, unbelievable, is isn't so it? Funny. Tonight... That is so funny. How much you're getting? Oh, all this right. is all gold. It's all oh, wait, gold. wait, I've lost my mind though. Where are we where are we what's the next thing? You were talking about Zach. Oh no, no, no. You asked me about what what, what just just what I'm saying about the crew is you asked about some crew guys. And there's certain people stand out. Mick yeah. Hughes, gotcha, Zach gotcha. Harmon, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Andy Batty, who's a guitar tech, who also yeah. did a guy, his he was picky. And he's a social worker. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying not to laugh. He's an English guy. I've got his number right here. You should have him on your show, dude. He's got the best. I would. I would love to talk to all. Okay, of so guys. he's a, like he was the guitar tech for one James Hetfield and one mm-hmm. Angus uh, Young. <laughs> Good push. So how? Like, what do you wow. what do you tell Angus the grandkids, Grandpa? What'd you do? Yeah. I was a guitar tech. <laughs> <laughs> so him, <laughs> so he was always cool. He also was the metal guy, like in Metalomania, that metal guy. Oh yeah, it's like dressed in this homosexual, like a fucking Bon Jovi outfit. That's him. That's what you show the grandkids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, but him, and when I think of them, and also there was a guy, and I kind of forgetting his name right now but i i could remember it who was their monitor guy and he was like yeah. irish or english that was there forever paul or phil paul i think paul owen 
That name I don't Brandon, know. Brandon, God damn it. You call yourself. <laughs> I'm really failing tonight with all these names. You're putting me on the spot. Well, well because, th- again, you know, <laughs> this isn't like fair and shit. You know, you know what caves are like Spurlinkin or exploring caves? I'm yeah. number one in caves. National Forest <laughs> Service has caves, like secret caves locked up with keys yeah, yeah, yeah. and like tombs. I have the keys. <laughs> yeah. Zoos, so, zoos let me in free. Zoos let me in free. <laughs> I, so a couple questions. Yeah. Um, so Jason's time with the band and to so go back there for a moment. Yeah, no, do whatever you want. Um, I want a moment to hook you. I want this to be our, your longest episode. <laughs> so we have him exiting the band. It's not a shock to you. No. And, and even though you didn't see it perhaps going down that way with I, him quitting. Again, I had a falling out with Jason first, and let me explain it right, this way. Right, with the whole Wait, Christmas. There, I remember one night, like at Denver McNichols Arena, yeah. and it was snowy out and everything. And I was sure. at the show, and uh, I think it was Lars and some doof was like, "Hey, Eb, come in this room in here, and sit down here, and here's all the stuff you like." Because you know what's funny is they would have the menus of the best restaurants. Yeah. And then someone they would order whatever they wanted, and then someone would bring it to them, but they almost never ate it. Never. <laughs> Dude, Brandon, I'd be like, what? So they'd be like, E.B., we put this food in here. It was like all their dinners or whatever. And, yeah. like, you know, I'm addicted to Coca-Cola and chocolate. It was like a little, they like put some of that. And then Jason would be coming off stage, right? All huffing and puffing. And then the guy with the flashlight in the, you know, stage guy would throw him in that room with me. And he would look up and, you know, put up the hood of his um, bathrobe or whatever and go, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I was here to talk to you. We got to work some shit out. Yeah. Do you want some lobster or do would you like the enchiladas? <laughs> and then he would like he he would run out of the room. But they went that yeah. far to even incorporate me into the, you know, because they thought it was so the, they thought it was awesome when I they thought that when I had my little fight with him that I was not what I'm not going to be a Metallica fan anymore. Right. You're one guy, dude. Fuck off. Yeah. I met Lars so before the... you, man. Mature. Right. Like, how wild is that shit, though? Yeah. Like, I can remember specific nights of that kind of shit. Where they were you. I remember uh, J- James was going, so, hey, come here. We're at some hotel, and he's down there. And I was always, like, in the pool. <laughs> You know, or in the jacuzzi <laughs> or whatever, like, dude, this is free. Yeah, yeah. And James liked uh, the the saunas in the jacuzzis a lot. You know, kind of just feel right. better, especially like in the morning and where no one's around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember him one day going, "So, man, like, it's like you guys got a divorce." You know, I'm in my mind, I'm like, if we, how am I even here? You know, what I mean, it was just like, whoa. Just sitting in a jacuzzi with him. James Hetfield is the coolest yeah. guy in the world, but it's, uh, God, how do you explain this? Like Spider-Man, Mickey Mouse, it's like, it's like too much. 
He's not a normal person anymore. He's got his fucking lid fucking flipped. So all I can yeah. say is he's the best of the best. He treated me really well until it's like a child abuse, kind of like my own parents. Like they didn't abuse me yeah. until I was an adult. And then like, you know, James Sheffield, I thought he was like a good friend of mine. And then now it, it was so bad with his freaky stuff that I didn't go to one hardwired show. That was the first time yeah. I didn't go to one of their shows. And wow. they played 1.7 miles from my house, so less, less than two oh, miles from my house, and I got 50 people in. And you didn't go? I didn't go. I just sat here and greeted the people and had a, you know, a yeah, food. Because yeah. I, I, I was like, this is insane. When, when people are telling me that James is, you know, needs his own plane, I was blown away. Like, you guys are just... Yeah got your own plane <laughs> and then it's like they each need their own plane can you imagine rob robert and kurt going oh i gotta pay for my own plane now that must have sucked yeah so i don't know james hetfield went from being like the coolest person in the world to uh literally on that death magnetic tour i'm like in fresno mm -hmm having a fucking barbecue with the Fresno Fire Department and the Fresno, uh, you know, Police Department. And we're sitting out here, and you just hear somebody, like, on the, on the you know, um, walkie-talkies go, Planet of the Apes guy, having a barbecue <laughs> on the ramp, surrounded, <laughs> surrounded by Fire Department, and it looks like the Police Department. <laughs> And like the other person or one of the other people is standing next to James, right? Inside yeah. the building. And then he hears that go off their hip and starts tripping out on me. So why do you think that is? Just Don't standing? know. I, yeah. I might, you know what? I'm an egomaniac, right? Who's like spoiled good. Like I said, <laughs> dude, I have the world's most dangerous turtle lives in my living room. There's no... For sure. You can come over here. If you're ever traveling across America, you can come camp out here. World's most dangerous turtle. If you fuck with my turtle, you're going to the hospital. So okay. I think that James at one point was like, he's funnier. He's more confident. He doesn't care. And the number one thing is I'm free. I'm free. Yeah. He can't just be free. He can write about being free and write awesome songs and have all the money in the world but he is tied to a, a lot of stuff. Yeah. His wife, too. What a fucking jackass. His wife and all these people that came in and controlled his life. And, like, there can't be, like, I've never heard of a person ever in my life more, Brandon, that just needs a beer. Just fucking have a beer, dude. What are you doing? And when he goes to rehab, he usually comes to Arizona down the street from us here. Because you might as well rehab where in a state where everyone's a complete knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that started changing on the Death Magnetic Tour, and then that was sort of like your last... All right, no, no, it's always been nutty and stupid and crazy. But after yeah. that, it, what happened was that um, we were working on uh, Kirk's thing for the Orion festivals. Like they each had a themed sure. area. 
Yeah. Kurt's like, I want to scare people. So if you want to scare people, you call Eric Braverman. And Kyle Thompson. Well, having nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing that's scary to them is we don't care. You know, our mom and dads are like, ah, it's fine. You know, we all live in paid off stuff. You know, we have no bills and no, no bill comes in in our life. A lot of bills come in at Kirk Hammett's house. Giant bills, dude. The bills to our house are like for our, like, you know, our our Canadian club. <coughs> yeah. Then we protest that even a little bit. <laughs> <coughs> you know, so, um, I'm sorry, where was I? I? I lost my mind for a minute. <laughs> so talking just about, you know, how the Orion Oh, no, 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 right, right. So he's doing that. Thank you so much. He is... Uh, Wanting to do that. And so we're working on it. And I thought what would be awesome is if Linda Blair would hang out at the thing all weekend. Right. And then me and her would sit on stage and have some <laughs> conversations surrounded by Kyle Thompson and Kirk's, mm-hmm. and Kirk's stuff. So I'm like, this is good. We're going to do it. So like a little bit into that, um, Kirk and them contact me and go, hey, you know, it can't be you. So we can do all the stuff, but we can't have you host the tent. I was like, dude, I don't know if you ever see me, Brandon, but I look like I was in like a car accident. <laughs> Seriously. Like in a war. Car accident in a war. So I'm, and also I'm 114 years old, a little more mature. Some of these kids. So I really got fucking pissed off and said, I'm going to fucking kill all of you. So they get back and they're like, dude, Eric Braverman's threatening us. He says he's going to kill all of us. I'm like, You're, you want to do fucking monster shit? It's like that part in Pirates of the Caribbean, which I wrote this. They kind of changed it. But in Pirates of the Caribbean, at one point, the dead guy goes, hey, you like ghost stories? You're in mm-hmm. one. But I yeah. said it for probably 30 years before that, because, you know, me and Mickey Mouse are super tight. That's a whole other, you do a whole episode. It's like, <laughs> fuck Metallica, when you hear me and Mickey Mouse is, he's the best. Wait, is Mickey Mania on what? there? Mickey Mania, is that uh, I would li- I would like to do that. But I'm like, yeah. semi, I'm kind of like semi-retired, man. I don't know what yeah. I should do. Good for you. I don't know what I should do. So anyway, we're, we're doing all this, and then it just, like I said, James, they tell me that, you know, and Kirk won't just stand up to James and say, hey, it's E.B., yeah. are you kidding me? What are, you, are you scared? And then, you know, and uh, it was crazy because uh, Blair was, like, totally ready, and she wasn't far from there. So we yeah. had a really fun fucking couple days. She's a really nice right. lady, and she's still pretty good, pretty attractive lady. Mm-hmm. So I just went nuts and basically was like, "All right, fuck you guys! I cannot fucking believe this shit. Fuck all of you. Fuck you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the end of the. After all that, <laughs> been thirty years. Have you talked also, to them since also, then? Also, let me tell you this real quick. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let me throw yeah. this in. You'll want sure. this, Brandon. They were doing the thirtieth anniversary. Um, 
thing. Yeah, the Fillmore uh, stuff. In San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, I'm going to get some, you know, my camp. I got all my camp. I got my own motorhome. I got camping mm-hmm. gear. Again, I'm like number one caver. I can fucking kill almost anything. <laughs> so I'm like, let's, let's, I'm going to do Metallomania 3. And I'll just lay out there, and it's the people, because there was like an alley, right. right, where they stepped out of their car and walked like three feet and went mm-hmm. in the building. So I'm like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do that. Right. I don't want to pass the show. Fuck you guys. All my fucking friends are going to give me hundreds of passes, because they do not want to come out to the stinky alley again. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Do you know Doug Goodman? No. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> You'll, what? you'll just have to help me out with these guys. We need to get Doug Goodman. Write Doug Goodman down. Just write that one down. We can probably right. get Doug on like tomorrow. Okay. I think that's for your next guest. He's like the best. Doug Goodman. All and right, then look cool. him up. And you'll be like, fuck. Okay. When I met Doug Goodman, he was fucking taking Slayer on tour in a Camaro. Oh, wow. Then he did some bands like Green Day, see their biggest shit. Oh, wow. Those homos. And then, then <laughs> his last thing he just did. Before the COVID, he was touring with these re- super ridiculous band called Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. So you might want to talk to this guy. Yeah, it sounds good to me. He's like a closer, he's one of my closest relatives. Doug Goodman. Write that down. Let's it's written down. It. All right, so, awesome. um, God damn it, where, where are we at now? <laughs> you did this. <laughs> I've created this. Um so you are, oh, the 30th anniversary show. So oh, yeah, so the 30th anniversary show. Yeah. And then people start going, OEB, there's some union stuff and other stuff. And plus, you know, James heard that you and, you know, once you and King Diamond get together. Because I did like 70 King Diamond shows with Flotsam and Jets. Wow, yeah. Including the one with Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> no, look this shit up, Brandon. Geraldo Rivera, King Diamond episode where I told him, I told King, Geraldo Rivera is not your friend. Are you kidding me? This isn't yeah. a promotional thing. It's going to say that you and Satan are together. Yeah. You, have you ever heard of King Diamond before? Of course. Oh, yeah. He's the biggest disappointment in my life. Oh, really? <laughs> God damn it. On well, time. On time. Cool. Generous. Yeah. Professional. Giving, funny sense of humor, smoked until his heart exploded. Uh, I can't even. I have, me and him have the same artist. So when we do art, yeah. Me and King Diamond say me and King say I'm making a shirt. Yeah. And King Diamond's making a shirt. We both call the same guy. Wow. Yeah. That's right, dude. There's a lot here. You might be able to call when you don't have anything. You're like, I don't know if I have a good show. Call me up. All right, I'm lost again. Where happened? I will. Them? Well, first of all, first all right, of all, so, so anyway, yeah. so anyway, so, so anyway, it ended up that I did not do it. I did not do the 30th anniversary show. Okay, right. And I was so pissed. And even like Doug Goodman and Danzig and Rob Halford, who the only reason he's there is because of Metallomania. Yeah. You know, Rob Halford's at that because of Metallomania. Right. Uh, Ozzy, Ozzy, all these people. Oh, Diamond Head, Dave Mustaine, 
you can just go down. You just keep going. It's not enough. Leonard Skinner, every one of those people are like, hey, where's that, where, where's that friend of your, where's that violent friend of your guys? The racist <laughs> guy from Arizona. Is he going to be, because I thought for sure, I, I actually was told by my manager that he's uh, interviewing me for 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. And that night, and then that night, Scott Ian. Yeah. We've never played Anthrax on heavy metal television, Brandon. Okay. We don't I'm assuming do there's anthrax. I'm assuming there's a good reason. We don't do anthrax, dude. Okay. You draw the line. Okay, take notes on like a dry erase board and go back and forth. Yes. But this uh so <clears throat> anyway, the uh, uh Scott's in there with his buddy, Kirk Hammett. So okay. they're sitting in a room and James walks in and says I said I don't want anyone back here but the band. I why I said no one but the band. Dave Mustaine's coming tomorrow. You know they're doing the show tonight. You know he's like yeah. screaming the shit. Somebody comes in. Official people come in. They're like, hey, hey, what's the problem? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. This is Scott. He that's Scott. And they had to throw him, like, down the stairs of the 30th anniversary thing. Wow. Oh, yeah. You probably haven't heard that story. No. That's oh, an yeah. exclusive. It's a classic. <laughs> so after between that, but between that and yeah. James Hetfield being really, really, like, I'm taking advantage of you, dude. Yeah. It's just, I was like, I'm just bitter and I'm done. So have you had any contact with any of the band members since? Not since uh, probably the, you know, whatever, the January 1st before uh, <laughs> the Hardwired came out. Yeah. Okay. It's Which not is too long ago, but it's been a, a few years. It's been a few years. But on, yeah. like I said, but like on Death Magnetic, I thought nothing of going on tour with them right yeah i don't even ask yeah i'm going in between and then also we wanted to go to national parks in between so we went to right. a metallica show then a national park then a metallica show it was a pretty magical trip yeah unless they were back-to-back shows sure. yeah, yeah and yeah. they hooked us up they hooked me up so big that it was like it was kind of idiotic. <laughs> yeah. In what way? Just because well, they, they were just you know, like I said, they was ridiculously generous. Yeah. Like everybody yeah, yeah, got yeah. like a crew shirt. <laughs> I got like a crew shirt, bag of crew shirts every day. I had uh, people would giving me you know we could have food if we. They were like, hey, do you guys need some food? There was um, drink tickets. There was very good um, tickets themselves and, like, where yeah. they were and, a, like, a mixture of them and, yeah. um, and then passes and then also parking passes because I was coming to all those shows in, a, like, a motorhome. Yeah. And then expecting to park closer than them because <laughs> they don't park there because I realized these guys are even, they're flying in. Right, so they're just and you know, on this off, last tour, Hey, and on this very last tour, like I said, they got into some row about something, and James Hetfield was mad 
that Lars was hanging out with Quentin Tarantino for 15 minutes after the show, and um, we need our we each need our own jet home. <laughs> then he quantified it by going, "Well, I'm going to Aspen or wherever the fuck he lives in Colorado yeah. now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all. I think they all primarily live in different locations now. Yeah, but you would go, but what they would do was, yes, what they would do was they would go to a hub, like they would fly from a gig to the main spot, then maybe fly off to where you want to go next because you have all the money. Not just dictate as part of the mechanics of the band and I need to be delivered to my living room by myself, by myself. You know how expensive that shit is? Yeah. Well, I wonder, too, if, like, you know, he, he, him going back into rehab if all that stuff's somewhat connected you know and uh, you know it makes you wonder a little bit well wonder about what well just like you know there obviously there was a catalyst for the second go around of rehab with him uh not too long ago which let me tell you during the let me tell you fired. let me tell you dude are you ready for your how many exclusives it's like the 17th exclusive <laughs> i've lost count Here's, you're kind of like, look at it this way. All right, okay. Mrs. Hetfield, she's in bed. An owl makes a sound outside. Okay. You know, he lives like in some, you know, yeah. Aspen or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. So she get wakes up. James isn't sitting here. James isn't in bed with me. What's going on? She gets up, goes downstairs. He's in front of the TV watching like the fucking hunting channel. Mm-hmm. And he has a Coors Light. Mm-hmm. She calls the hospital, all his relatives, uh, the Metallica's managers, mm-hmm. um, local, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's it. So can you imagine if you woke up tomorrow and someone's like, hey, you're supposed to be on a diet, Brandon, and then... You just get up in the morning, and you're like, yeah, I know I'm on a diet, but I just want a, I just want a Snickers bar. And then they see you eating the Snickers bar, and then SWAT teams are breaking the windows. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened to that cat. You know, you know what's weird? You know, with all the stuff, did you ever, can you show me a James Hetfield fuck up, please? No. No, Brandon, you're the Metallicast guy. Yeah. You're you're building this like you're you're talking to Brian Slagle. Mm-hmm. You're talking to John Bush. Right. You're talking to these different people. You're where's James Hetfield fucking up? Just show me that point where James Hetfield's fucking up. You know what I mean? Someone's like wants to control, you know, an estate or some shit, and all I have to say is fuck you. Because load and reload aren't good. <laughs> well, that that segues into my. No, you've uh, never heard anyone say that, have you? No. Where's James Hetfield fucked up, friends? Just, I'd like to just see part of that. Oh, I, well, oh, I'm sorry, Eb. I don't, I don't, remember, I don't. Remember. Just fuck you, man. I was talk about this shit. Some kind of monster. Wham, wham, wham. Where's James Hetfield fucked up? (laughs) 
even when he goes to rehab, it's like, hey, can we cancel those concerts coming up? You know, so I don't know what he's rehabbing from. I think it's rehabbing from too much. Too much. Uh... Everything. Yeah. That's a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> you ever had an aquarium? Uh, when I was a kid, sure. Think of fucking managing that fucking thing. Goddamn these fish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? Are, you quite, are your notes, are we at the bottom of your I, note I, list? We, well, we are. I had a couple. I, I right. know you're an opinionated guy. And, uh, no, I'm not. So I, I won't. <laughs> I do facts. You undo opinion. Hey, listen, well, I, listen, but, Brandon. Well, I, I yes. Well, well I like it. Right and wrong. <laughs> right and wrong is not an opinion. Right <laughs> and wrong is not an opinion. Right well, and wrong. Right. Let me hear your yeah. thoughts now. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some things out there, okay. Metallica related. Um, so, uh, first of all, let's start with the positive. Favorite Metallica album. Oh my god! Uh, it's like favorite or best. I think my favorite one is "Ride the Lightning," but "Master of Puppets" is the best one, and that's why yeah. it's a cliched thing of people saying that all the time. Yeah. Other than that weird artwork on the front where they forgot to put the top of that cross, <laughs> I don't know what. What? Are, so I'll throw some things out there. You can tell yeah. me your thoughts. Um, what are your thoughts on? The Black Album. I know a lot of people have talked about it. It was a big change in their sound. Personally, for me, it was my gateway album. I love it. Um, was For some of the diehards in the 80s, it was a little too much in the radio direction, especially with like Nothing Else Managed and stuff. Thoughts on the Black Album? You know what? It's real easy for me. Did you yeah. even say in those words, like, bringing up Disneyland and shit? Yeah, yeah. That's, That's when like they became the shit. brand. Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. It's like my favorite shit. But uh, that's what that makes me feel like. It's like yeah. it's so it's uh, Disney-esque work. Yeah. That's what I have to say about it. I'll, I'll never forget this funny thing. When that album came out and all the fun and you know that I was having and a great relationship with the band and Jason and everything... Um, I remember my mom walking in the room with Enter Sandman video on MTV, and she didn't know what the fuck. Like yeah. an old lady from New York, she goes, what the hell are they going to do with all the money? <laughs> so I just, but I, I think it's a thing that's so, you know, again, I just think that's a Disney-esque work of mm -hmm. art. I hate something. I think it's re retarded that they play something else matters every night and bring the concert down. But <laughs> I do uh, remember them going, yeah. girl, guys and their date are out there, you know, kind of with their arms around each other, swaying back and forth. I'm like, yes, yay, yes, yeah. you just said that. <laughs> I'm going to go to ABBA, <laughs> which is also good. We like ABBA, but. Again, when you talk about this, is right. why you've dedicated a pod. The the black album is the reason you have a podcast dedicated to this. Well, I mean, when the black album came out, I was 
for I remember being in first grade. I have two older brothers, so I remember my older brothers having MTV on when I was in first grade and seeing <laughs> the Inter Sandman music video, and then just being attracted to that sound because I mean I was in first grade, never really heard metal before, and then I remember you know once I was in middle school going back discovering the whole the first four albums and getting to the history of the band and that's sort of where my real fandom began but my introduction to them was the black albums if i had not heard that album i don't know if i would have explored metallica more i don't know if i would have gone into uh you know other metal bands and then by obviously i started with like the classics like sabbath and got into megadeth and other thrash bands and then by the time i was in high school i'm listening to death metal black metal and a bunch of other crazy stuff but it all started for me with that album so i have i hold uh i hold a special place in my heart um but i know it's a controversial album especially here check it out yeah coca-cola is controversial (laughs) like it's really like that and i i I think it's really weird i don't really a lot of times i say to friends like did that happen yeah i have the 12 million platinum um RIAA certificate, you know, like where they right. give you the yeah, yeah. up here in my dining room. Awesome, and, you know, yeah. people are just like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. And I'm like, it's just so weird. Yeah. But but it's not like it it's it's the reason that someone like you would end up doing something like this. Sure. With and for the time, to be an audience too. You with know? your time t- tonight. Yeah. yeah. Injustice for All, when that came out, uh, obviously you played a, you know, Jason Newsom was a big part of your life. Um, and then you Definitely get that, at that time. Pro- you get, especially at that time, and you get that album with that production with the bass turned way down in the mix. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I remember it before getting it. They were already yeah. talking about this shit. Yeah. And, you know... My thing, and again, it's in like at least one Mark Eglinton book, if not two, was the whole, hey, you're allowed to speak up here. Mm-hmm. It's not easy for them to just, you know, you know, yeah. take action against you. They've, they, you know, you're part of this and that. You're contracted in. Do, do, yeah. do. But I also thought it was really weird sounding and then made it kind of like, well, here, you know, Wow. Pretty yeah. tripped out, you know. You couldn't listen to the album and not go, "Whoa, I did. I didn't enjoy Harvester of Sorrow." Come on, infanticide. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. So, yeah. that's what happened at that time, and I think that this was also part of the grief dealing sure. that we talked about before. Right. So this is totally. another way of suppressing. You're you're pushing that grief down, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're listening to him play wanting to hear their friend that's not going to happen it's not about um m- music or electric records or their band or you know heavy metal music it's just that's suppressing the yeah. classic suppression issues they didn't want to deal with it so if you put that bass away you don't have to deal with it do you right yeah for sure. Because you're, it's not even there. Right. So I think that's a big, and again, someone's probably not maybe been able to say it just that way for you, but I've talked to so many people that help 
to explain that to to me that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because again, right. I've had a lot of, you know, my 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 very best heavy metal friend. You know, people can go through who's your, who through your life and who's your best heavy metal friend. You can call right now and go and have a fun time. You know, mine's Tom Araya. Yeah. So it turned out, you know, and then before him, after him, it was probably Malcolm Young. Yeah. So I've been really lucky in a way to learn this craft and what it's all about. But when stuff like this is going on, when your friend is squished by a bus and then you suppress mm-hmm. bass on the next thing you record, it's it's really not about recording or um, or yeah. this sure. is, this is just straight up showing the suppression of those feelings when you're supposed to be tough and not right. feel those things. Sure. If that doesn't bum you out, but I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that, that, that helps well, up. That explains yeah. the whole thing, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. Yeah. That's why, that's what it's all about. That's exactly absolutely. what it is. So use yeah. that to promote your own little show here. <laughs> you're the one that discovered you're the one that discovered that that happened has nothing to do with sonic issues. Yeah. It has to do with issues of uh, of the heart. Yeah. Well, I I, I want to move on and talk a bit about your favorite uh, albums, Load and Reload. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, not a fan of those records. Care to elaborate at all? Yeah. Um... I mean, you were really close with the band during this time. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. So really uh, here's what I would yeah. say about it. Here's two things. If I got those albums yeah. from some band not called Metallica, yeah, I think, it was, I think it would be really pretty good. Yeah. I've been like, wow, that's pretty good. Hero of the, Hero of the Day, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I also love the tour they did where they killed the fucking crew. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they destroyed the stage. And, and I went, yeah, I went to a bunch of those too, like a bunch of them. Yeah. But all that. But um, I also remember. I also remember. Here's another one. Yeah. This is another one for your show, man. Revelation. I don't know if I've really heard someone say straight out. Jason was thinking about hitting the road then. Really. He was like, "I'll never. I've got more money than I can ever spend. Money's yeah. always going to be coming in from those." recordings this is totally not what i came in to do this is not what my life's about um i understand the black album thing and all that and that's all good but this is like another hole and there's sperm when they're putting the fucking sperm on the cover he was she was hitting the road i mean he he was definitely somebody straight out he said straight out Oh, so okay, good. I didn't know how if he did other interviews. He's like, yeah, I was gonna quit. Well, no, he didn't say oh. that at all in interviews. So oh. that's that's definitely news. But I, what I was gonna say was, you know, he was pretty. I remember reading interviews even at the time, and he was definitely um, as outspoken as he kind of could be about stuff, um, about like the musical direction and uh, the. He definitely did not seem to be as on board with it as the rest of the band. And, and I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know, he, he was obviously a big Metallica fan and joined thinking he's joining a thrash metal band. And then 
in a that black thrash metal band. And then wait, 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 thrash metal band. This went way well, past that. This was like turning into, like I, I really, like I'm more offended by them doing a concert where people pay, where they do the Memory Remains or Until It Sleeps. Yeah. Then, then Noah's Ark stories. <laughs> no, seriously. This is really painful. Like, Noah's Ark. Okay, a 600-year-old incestuous Jew took two hippos on a boat trip? That makes more sense than this load shit. It's an album covered in sperm. Yeah. With uh, songs that would have been awesome if Sweet were still alive. Mm. The third band we like, we like Sweet a lot. Like, yeah. it was just so overproduced and, like, weird. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? But I hate, like, when I'm at a concert of theirs, and, and again, I had to get out of this. I didn't want anyone to be hurt, Brandon. You yeah. know, hey, I brought my uncle. You played The Memory Remains. We had to drive here. Like, are you fucking, uh, what? Did you, not, did, did you play Disposable? <laughs> you forgot Disposable, but remembered... The memory remains. Or until it sleeps. That's the other one where I'm like, what the fuck happened to these jackasses? They've completely <laughs> lost their crackers. Did you ever tell that to them? Yes. <laughs> How did they respond? Um, <laughs> you're, a funny, you're a funny guy. Or just laughing. Just the way I said it to them. I'm like, dude. Because I would say something like, Maybelline. The mascara company, they had a truck yeah. tip over. They thought that the Memory Remains video maybe is... <laughs> they were just like, I was like, what are you guys doing? And then, Jay, but Jason's, Jason's like behind me pointing at me, going like pointing at me going, see, this is a real, this is a hillbilly. <laughs> He's trying to tell you, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, like, I thought uh, he was going to quit during yeah. that shit. He was yeah. fucking freaked wow. out during the sperm stuff. Yeah. James Hetfield freaked out, but he, he then he just always listens to Lars. Yeah. Which is not a bad plan. Yeah. I mean, it's worked out. Dude, but, Lars is the coolest yeah. person. Uh, he Lars would be like sitting with like Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> and I'd be just like walking by and he'd be like, hey, excuse me, Queen Elizabeth. Hey. What's going on? I'm like, I'm coming in. I was, I, uh, some people got me a ticket. I was, I didn't know you saw me. Be like, and he'll look at you and go, dude, 32 years, dude. All right. And then you sit down and start talking to the queen again. Like, shit like that. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. He's, I mean, I've only met them as a fan. I, no, well, he, I've never met, uh, James, but I've met Lars. A couple times at fan things, and he's he by far the most—he's by far the most personable, though. Like he, um, I always will tell people he, you he's know, also he's, weird, but without being dark, he's he's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but he will like like it's somebody who you know he obviously doesn't know at all on a personal level. When you interact with him, he'll make you feel like like hey, like this guy. It's no is, big deal. Yeah. No, but he remembers everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, there's no... He is 100% a 
their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Hetfield, greatest poet ever. Kirk Hammett, dependable, goofy uh, guitar player. Uh, great bass players. Greatest management company. You know, everybody ever worked for ACDC works for Metallica. Right. It's all top-notch shit that yeah, you could yeah, possibly yeah. do. I just don't understand how Memory Remains or <laughs> that other song got in, like, their movie. And then they were like, why is yeah. the movie doing good? Because where it says Memory <laughs> Remains, it was supposed to say Disposable Heroes. <laughs> so I'm really interested to hear what you think about St. Anger. Uh, it's fine. I don't know if what asses or whatever the fuck they were taking <laughs> but like the songs and the videos we yeah. play those videos on heavy metal television yeah. for sure yeah um and we don't play memory remains yeah or until it sleeps but we play those <laughs> frantic insane yeah. i i think that they again you know at one point you feel like well there's nothing that can take you down and that's True, they're totally solid, so just fucking do right. some crazy shit. Yeah, they certainly I think it's ideas. stupid, you know, because why not just make those songs sound good? Mm-hmm. The Robert Trujillo version is already one step better, mm-hmm. but I, um, this is a funny question. What do you think is Saint Anger? You know what? L- let me tell Did you. Did you this. come on here expecting? No, to... let me let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. Yeah. Uh, Mount Rushmore, that was sculpted yeah. once. Yeah. But it, I can go there and sit under it and look at it all day and right. like you know what I mean. So it's like these guys got to keep trying to do something, I guess. Sure. Yeah. But why? Why I don't know. I just feel like yeah. we're never doing anything except this. I, I I would like to hear them do another uh, garage. Yeah, that's been a, a a lot of people have been saying that among the fans and stuff. A lot of people. Let me tell you something. Let that. me tell you a kind of funny thing. When they yeah. were on a tour, it was this Reload with Jerry Cantrell opening. Yeah. And um, I was doing so what stuff, and in Las Vegas. I was doing my so what stuff, and one of James's bodyguards came and like knocked me down or threw me over some trash cans or some shit. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then, yeah. then, then, like the next night, we were in San Diego, which was the end of it, and it was the last show they did before they went into the studio to do that second Garage Days. Yeah which is a really fun CD. And I like, if you're going on a trip, you just bring that CD. It does everything. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, anyway, I'm, we're in San Diego at the Coors Amphitheater and I'm walking along. I'm sure somebody owed me money or I wanted pizza. I'm just trying to think, whatever. (laughs) So I'm walking along through like a bunch of crates and shit. And all of a sudden there's, Mr. Hetfield. And, you know, he was mad at me the other night in Vegas for getting in the way of some so what, like, um, interview thing. So we're doing so yeah. what, like, autograph thing for all the so what people. And he was yeah. telling everyone, he's getting in the way. What the fuck's he doing? 
I wasn't even doing anything. So all of a sudden back there, he leans up against the wall and in front of me, just leans up on the wall and goes, hey, man, you're a really funny friend, and you always make everybody laugh, and you've been really fun, and I really appreciate it, and these people have me always working, always going, no breaks, and I'll work, as you know, we're going to go in the studio like tomorrow or the next day after this tour to work mm-hmm. on the Garage Days Incorporated uh, 2 or whatever. Yeah. You know, the one with uh, Turn the Page. Yeah. And uh, we had another bit of a chat, and then he just went walking along, and it's like, wow, I'm the luckiest Metallica fan of all time. Yeah. Like, just to get that weird glimpse where he's just, like, walking along, and he sees me, and he, he felt bad that he would was, uh, you know, taking out whatever mm-hmm. on me and whatever. But I'll never forget yeah. him saying, we're going in the studio in two days to do the next garage thing, and uh, you're a funny guy, and you always make us laugh, and I'm, I'm glad you're here, and it's nice to see you, and thanks for everything, blah, 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 blah. So it was like the last night of that tour. Yeah, right. Wow. So I've had a lot of weird Metallica moments. I mean, they just get dumber. One night, you know in Milwaukee, you know in Milwaukee, they always have like that that music festival in Milwaukee in the summer. Sure, music yeah. fest. Or, well, one night Metallica was playing, and Los Lobos was like on the other side. Right, it's like a fair, but they yeah. split their dressing room between the two of them. Yeah. So I happened to be there, and I had a. Uh, surgery the day before and I still flew there from Arizona to Wisconsin (coughs) and hung out there and you know we uh, I went in there and I'm like dude you guys what the fuck let's jam because I'd always say like why can't we jam all the time so we were (laughs) we started jamming and shit and then I realized that like Los Lobos is like on the other side of like a blanket basically <laughs> separating two rooms yeah. and then we jam- end up jamming with them all night oh awesome well i had was really sick and i threw up on some people again <laughs> i have a bunch of stories that like, I threw up. it's like that's there's nothing funnier nay how are you doing so, so, so i was i i walked to the hotel and on the way, I went to some deli to get a sandwich, and I saw that in the uh, ice box they had uh, turkey gizzards, pickled turkey gizzards. Mm-hmm. So a gizzard is like part <laughs> of the bird that they put rocks into the yeah, grind yeah. up there. Okay. So I said, I'll, I'm going to take my sandwich, and I need these turkey gizzards. And I went back to the hotel, and I'm partying at the hotel, and I end up with, like, Lars and all them in the room and a bunch of fucking stupid whores and some people <laughs> from some other, <laughs> bunch of other rock bands. They're all like, well, it's his room. But they paid for it. They actually paid for my room, too, yeah. that night. And I, at one point, I'm like, look, look, 
you guys, I'm really sick. I had a surgery yesterday. I was, the doctor told me not to go out. So I, instead of doing that, I flew to here. And like I threw up next to the bed and shit. And I yeah. gave the turkey gizzards to Lars. I was like, dude, you eat remoulade and all this weird shit. I brought this for you. And, you know, I appreciate it. It's like a lot of fun out of what you do. And he opened yeah. that fucking thing and ate one of those things. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I could probably figure out what year it was because there was in what bands were in the room. Wow. Oh, yeah. We'd be in band. We'd be in rooms. When they did Lollapalooza, remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I knew Waylon Jennings from Arizona. Plus Devo was out there. Wow. And like Soundgarden. And then yeah, also um, Jason Newstead was mad at the band. So he said, I'm not going to travel <laughs> with you guys. I'm going to get a bunch of recording equipment. Right, yeah. And then put it into uh, a bus and then have yeah. my own bus. And then I'm going to record with all these <laughs> awesome <laughs> artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he never would let any artists on his bus to record because he'd like lost his mind by then. <laughs> and I'll never forget. It was like at Deer Creek in Indianapolis. I think is that amphitheater. Yeah. And, um, Tony Smith, who I told you, who's like be the best fucking Metallica guest. Yeah, not Tony on. Scott, not Tony Scott. No, the director. no, no, yeah. you're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I told you same country. Yeah. Yeah. He, he comes to me and he goes, so I'm sitting there eating some fucking burgers with Devo and Waylon Jennings that Waylon Jennings cooked on a barbecue grill. Yeah. So we're smoking weed and we're partying. I'm telling them about some shit, whatever. And uh, Tony's like, uh, hey, uh, Jason said he doesn't think he's going to be real comfortable performing tonight if he can, if that, if he can see you. <laughs> like, how great is this? If he could see you, so if you could just go, because one of my known things was I would sit at the farthest seat from the band in a yeah. gig. So if somebody needed me, just go to the farthest seat Yeah, from the band, and EB will be back there, one of his staff members. And mm -hmm. um, just that. <laughs> just that, dude. Devo, Waylon Jennings. And also the Ramones, because I knew Joey Ramone from my New, yeah. New York friends. Like, that was the greatest wow, yeah. shit, dude, ever. That's crazy. It, it was. And then people said, you know what? You guys are fucking assholes. We're not having <laughs> Lollapalooza anymore. <laughs> and then they, like, stopped doing it for, like, 17 years or something. Yeah. And when it came back, it wasn't the same. It was, like, you know, one of the weekend type things not but dude boring thing. when it was Waylon Jennings Devo the Ramones and like That's Soundgarden crazy. and Metallica yeah. and who is the fucking other idiot and and then that Tony Smith was like okay this is a lot of shit for the so what <laughs> <laughs> magazine and I'm like well if you can get the band to quit cock blocking me you told me I can't even be seen tonight <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> funny shit. But Waylon Jennings making us food multiple times wow. with Devo. So was it a good burger? Devo, what? Was it a good burger? 
dude, it wasn't. Or was it good that. because like, it was like it was all that shit. <laughs> it was like burgers and steaks yeah. and ribs <laughs> and pork chops and just like it was yeah. fucking. It was like something that he did on tour to save That's money. Amazing. That's like amazing. we're not going to go. We're just going to make our own dinner every night. <laughs> it was fucking really fucking cool. That's awesome. But I, I always, uh, I really, I'll never forget that night in Indiana. Um, hey, you be Jason was kind of. He he said he can't perform if he can see you tonight, and I'm like, that's a lot of power. <laughs> Uh, so one final question before we wrap up. Um, uh, you, how many obviously... times did I hit the hell's bell with the sledgehammer? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, you, I mean, you, you can answer this from a very unique perspective because you were on the road with them so much and saw so many shows, but were also, you know, had all those amazing stories like you just shared, but is there, one, and this may be impossible for you, but is there one concert from a performance standpoint that really stands out to you? Like, wow, like this was that, like that was an all-time me, great concert moment from them. Well, as far as performances, yeah, you're talking about like a, you know, again a Chicago Bulls or whatever, right. a United yeah. States Marine Corps. They there were so many, what yeah. I would consider yeah. a perfect heavy metal show yeah. i'm just gonna say like no to that but <laughs> what i do love no that's fair what yeah. i always tell people i love this story this will blow your yeah. mind they're playing Please. in illinois like in rockford and somewhere in illinois like outside yeah. of chicago outside and there was a big storm and it was raining and raining and raining and people were sinking into the ground and oh my god and what should we do and they kept almost having like meetings during the concert and as the rain fell at one point James Hetfield went to the microphone and said hey it's just fucking rain it's just fucking water <laughs> yeah it's just fucking water it's just fucking water so like yeah. I always thought that was like the baddest ass. Like it reminded me like like on Defenders of the Faith when Judas Priest played Phoenix, Arizona at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. Some kid threw fireworks and the fireworks fell onto Rob Halford, personal friend of ours, by the way. Yeah. On his boot and it kinda got <laughs> caught on and it kept blowing up and it was almost like starting his boot on fire. And a crew guy comes running out. And he's saying something to Rob. And Rob just looks down, holding the microphone, and goes, Yes! I'm all right! We're all right! I'm all right! We're all right! Like, this dude's like, dude, his foot's on fire. So, like, uh, there's, like, as far as Metallica, the greatest Uh, night of Metallica, let's see, another thing I've heard, was the night that you got to go see them. Especially from now till the last time they came through your neighborhood so like metallica boom 19 whatever 84 till they did the they actually brought japanese drums and played big old japanese drums for some reason (laughs) those are all 
that's the greatest night that you yeah. got to that you got to go see the see the Led Zeppelin of sure, Brandon's yeah. time. Because yeah, <laughs> I have I have yeah. complaints. Because again, I'm spoiled. Yeah, I got a, I got I just the zoo in my house. <laughs> people are like this. This can't be real. Why? You know they don't want to. Yeah, we're heavily armed. So, uh, but but we owe we owe a lot to the work that they all put into it. And it's interesting that people like you have podcasts of them. Like, oh, yeah. it's the, like I'm not the, the only one either. No, 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 no. But just how how yeah. how impactful. And again, I think I said earlier that you know in 1987 they said yeah. to me. We want to be the Led Zeppelin of our generation, and I think they have out Led Zeppelin it. I I think you might be right. But I I I, <laughs> uh, I I I I personally owe a lot to uh, uh, Metallica fans everywhere. Certainly for Metallomania, everybody should go watch yeah. that. It's really fun to yes. watch and. Everyone is making fun of ourself. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. really watch that and think about it, Rob Halford is, he knows what he's saying there. You know, Lars, <laughs> Lars, you know, Kirk knows what he's saying. You know, James yeah. knows what he's saying. The, all the, all the crazy people, there's a lot of crazy <laughs> people. They all know, you know what I mean? It's like, a, it's, it's a, yeah, yeah. A, a, a fun, a yeah. fun, a fun thing. So please, where can uh, everybody find? Uh, what's the best place to find you and your work? I don't want people to find me, but if you want to go <laughs> see me interview and do yes. some bits with like Joe Elliott and Judas Priest and Ted Nugent yes. and Corey Taylor, I would go to Killing Time Productions with an S at the end dot com mm. and look at the greatest music ever created. And how it ruined our lives, and I would go get a, a three dollar Metallomania from eBay, and then watch <laughs> it, and then give it to somebody for their birthday. Yeah. If you're a Metallica fan, that's like the best. It's just so fucking stupid the shit in there. That also <laughs> that plays perfect today. Like it, everything yeah. that's happened is like in there. Yeah. It's great. It's it's just so stupid, and that they that they uh, that's a really Metallica's a really cool band. There's not a lot of bands that would just have done that then, and then like right. you know the some kind of monster and this and that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and how many how many Metallica concerts can you watch for free on YouTube? I think it's a oh, thousand. Yeah, it, it's definitely up there. So for sure. You know, it's a super cool band, and just like everybody else, like your fucking mom or fucking, you know, George Washington, they have faults, but mm-hmm. they've they're they have been very very good to to all of us, and I really <laughs> appreciate you letting me on a show like this to share stories and all that silly stuff. Well, thank you because I I really appreciate you taking so much time. To there's talk no, about there's it with no me time. And, I, I just hope you had fun, 
And like I said, if uh, anybody, I had a blast. if anybody's supposed to come on the show and they get sick, <laughs> just call me and go, "Hey, someone so gets sick, can you do it?" You know, I can, well, I can gonna, do this in a canoe. I'm gonna hold you to that because I definitely would love to have you back on as many times as you're willing. Oh no, no, um, it's all, it's all good. Like I said, you could write questions up and just again, we could do this every other couple months. Thank you to Eric Braverman for coming on Metallicast. What an episode. Two hours of amazing first-hand accounts of what it is like to be a member of Metallica. Definitely a glimpse into what it's like to be in their inner circle at the very least. And Eric really covered it all. The good, the bad, the ugly. But, you know, as he said at the end, despite any faults that they have and everybody has their faults, what a band. Just, you know, a lot of respect and admiration and appreciation for Metallica from Eric and as well as for the others involved in their camp. And for us fans, you know, it is great to be a Metallica fan. And this was a great interview I think if you are a Metallica fan, I consider this without a doubt a must-hear episode. So if you liked what you heard, please check out Eric Braverman and his other interviews at KillingTimeProductions.com. And then give Metallicast a follow on social media at MetallicastPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Download, subscribe, and leave a positive five-star review of Metallicast on Apple Podcasts. All that goes a long way in helping me continue to get great guests like Eric Braverman as well as others that he gave a shout-out to, like Brian Slagel, Bob Nobandian, and so many others. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, better up your ass, yeah! Fabs not experts.